Have you ever like stopped and really asked the question, why do we celebrate the new year? I mean, Christmas makes sense. I mean, we celebrate the birth of the Savior, the greatest gift um, that has ever been given in the person of Jesus, and we gather together with our friends and our family, those that we love, and, and we eat way too much, and we exchange gifts. I mean, Christmas makes sense, but, but why do we celebrate a new year? I mean, I understand what we do around a new year. I mean, I understand that it is the anticipation that if you had a really bad year, that maybe this next year will be better, right? We hope that there's better. I mean, we've experienced that the last couple of years, right? I mean, surely the next year will get better. Or, or maybe it's the opportunity either to quit a bad habit or maybe to add a good habit. You know, whether you're eating better or you're exercising or, you know, you want to grow in your relationship with God and so you decide that you want to pray more, you want to read the Bible. I mean, those are things that it seems like a new year is a good starting point for. Or maybe it's the fact that hopefully in that, that new year that you will, you know, mend a relationship that's been damaged or maybe you'll find a new relationship or, or maybe you'll deepen your existing relationships. Or maybe for you it's just another day in the calendar. But I think there's something that stirs in us when it comes to the idea of new. I mean, personally, I, I look forward to the new year. I, I do see it as a time to start fresh, to look back and hopefully learn from the lessons of the past, the mistakes that I made an opportunity to grow in my relationship with God and others, an opportunity to learn, um, and an opportunity to grow, hopefully an opportunity to listen more and speak less. And this isn't just true for me, but it's also true for our church family here at South Point as well. A new year means more opportunities to grow closer to God and, and to one another to continue to help others experience God's unconditional love to be generous with all that God has given us and to lean into this incredible thing that Jesus has done for us. I, I'm excited about 2023. We spent 2021 going through the New Testament book of John and, and we took this really close look at who Jesus is is and what Jesus has done for us. And last year, we went through the book of Acts, the New Testament book of Acts, where we looked at the birth of the church, the origin of the church, like where did this all come from? Like why are we here and what are we called to do as followers of Jesus? And, and we want to continually keep everything we do centered on the person of Jesus, unapologetically, who he is and what he's done for us. This is the message of the gospel. And as we have said so many times, the gospel isn't just the starting point of our relationship with Jesus. It's not just the ABCs of Christianity. So this year's theme is the gospel effect. And each week as we gather together, our hope is that we will start to see how the message of the gospel permeates every facet of our lives. You know, for a long time, I thought that the gospel was the introduction 
to this life with Jesus. And it went something like this. I'm a sinner. You know, Bible says all have sinned. The consequence of my sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus came to die for my sin, and I need to accept him as my Lord and Savior, and I'll be saved. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that was the gospel. And then there was this part about trying to live a good life by treating others well and going to church and tithing and occasionally sharing Jesus with others while waiting for eternity. Like, that was my summary. And I tried to live by that. But what I came to find out is that my view of the gospel was really incomplete. Or at least it stopped short. What I had missed was the fact that the gospel changes everything. And and when I said yes to following Jesus, he impacts every aspect of my life. The gospel is simple enough for a child to understand, but it is complicated enough that you can spend an entire lifetime being fascinated and amazed by what God has done for us in the person of Jesus. I remember right after my family moved here, I was sitting with Tanner at the Brood Awakenings on Bald Hill Road, and he was sharing with me, you know, what his perspective was on the gospel. And he described it this way, and I've held on to this for so long. He said, the gospel is kind of like a really well-cut diamond. That every time you turn it just a little bit, you see something a little different, like a different facet, a little different way that it engages and it connects with you. I've used this quote many times, but Tim Keller says the gospel isn't just the ABCs, but it's the A to Z of our life and our relationship with God and others. And the reason that we're using this word affect this way is because the gospel does both. It affects us and it affects us. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. The word affect it is a verb that means it change, to be personally changed, to be changed by, by something. And, and we believe the message of the gospel does this. Jesus changes us. Not just when we first say yes to following him, but from that point on and in all areas of our lives. When we begin to understand all that Jesus has done for us, it affects us. It continues to change us forever. But the gospel also affects us. And it's usually a noun, and it means it's a change that results when something has been done. This is also true. We believe that Jesus' death on the cross paid the price for our sin. In other words, he defeated sin. And then when he rose three days later, he defeated death. And so mankind's two biggest enemies, sin and death, were defeated by the person of Jesus. What God has done for us through Jesus. And so to kick this year's theme off... And in the spirit of the new year, I want to look at three ways the gospel offers us something new that both affects and affects each of us. 
First of all this, the gospel gives us new life. The gospel gives us new life. For the gospel to make sense, we have to understand what sin does. Because it's not good news unless there is some bad news. When, when Adam and Eve, when, when God created everything and he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, you can have any tree in the garden except for this one. And if you eat this one tree, you will die. And what do Adam and Eve do? They disobey God. And they eat of the tree. And sure enough, just as God said, death came as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience. And it was two kinds of death. Because the way that we were originally designed and created by God was that we would never experience a physical death. But because Adam and Eve sinned, even though their death wasn't immediate from eating the tree, they began the process of decay to the point that physical death came into the world. But there was also another death that occurred, and this was a spiritual death. There was a separation that happened that wasn't there before they disobeyed God that separated Adam and Eve from God. There was a spiritual death that occurred that was brought in by their sin. And and essentially, at its core, what sin does, or what sin did to Adam and Eve, is it turned their desire from God to themselves. Sin twisted their desire, and it still twists our desire today. From that moment on, sin has brought mankind both kinds of death, both a spiritual and a physical death. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sin, and he gave us the opportunity to be freed from that penalty of death. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are brought from spiritual death to life because we are reconciled back to the author of life. We are reconciled back to God. Jesus gives us the opportunity for a new life with God. And he doesn't just stop there. You see, God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit then dwells in us. Life in us. And the Spirit in us continually untangles our desire from ourselves and puts that desire back onto God again, just as it was originally designed and as we were originally created to be. And this is what Jesus meant when he was speaking in John 10, verse, John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I came, talking about himself, I came that they, everyone, may have life and have it abundantly. This abundant life can only be found in this restored relationship with God. And this abundant life is this restored relationship with God. He is continually renewing us and restoring us His mercies are new every moment of every day, which leads us to the next new. You see, the gospel also gives us a new identity. This is huge. 
when we begin to understand it. When you say yes to Jesus, He doesn't just take away your sin and restore your relationship with God. He gives you a new identity. Who am I? I mean, that's the question that everybody wrestles with. Your identity is who you are. It's the way that you think about yourself and how we see ourselves matters. It impacts how we live. It doesn't just affect us. It also affects how we see and treat others as well. We, we often find our identity in how we see ourselves or how we think others view us. And we can find our identity in many different places, right? I mean, sometimes we find our identity in where we come from or how we were raised or by our education or in our relationships. Or sometimes we find our identity in our gender or in our race or in our, uh, in our ethnicity or, or by what we've done or what we haven't done or by what we own or what we've achieved or what we hope to achieve or by what we produce, or how we work, or what position we hold. I mean, there's all kinds of places that we try to find our identity. And if I were to ask you the question, who are you? Oftentimes, many of these places are where you go when you try to identify who you are. But the gospel says that you are no longer defined by these things. Your identity is not found in your past or, or in your circumstances or, or as we are seen by others. We are defined by Him. He gives us a new identity. He gives us the best identity. When we say yes to, our, our, when we say yes to following Jesus, our identity becomes child of the King of Kings. We are sons and daughters of God. We are his children. We are fully known and we are fully loved by him. We have the bond of a parent and a child and nothing can separate us from him. I'm an imperfect parent. Just ask my kids. But there isn't anything I wouldn't do for them to protect them, to help them, to guide them, to love them and encourage them. But there's nothing they could do that would no longer make them my sons or daughter. How much more does our perfect Heavenly Father love His children? This is amazing. There is nothing we can do to earn this. There's nothing we, we can do to deserve this. There is nothing we can do to make him love us more or less. He is our father. And this leads us to the third way the gospel brings us something new. And that's this. The gospel gives us new hope. Gospel gives us new hope. We live in a very unstable world. I don't know if you know that. Newsflash. <laughs> Things are constantly shifting and changing, not just on a national or global scale, but just even on a personal scale. There are so many variables to life. Your job, 
your kids, your, the economy, the weather, the actions of others, your health or the health of those you love, you name it. The only certainty in life is uncertainty. And because of this, we often find ourselves putting our hope in things that move or change. We put our hope in things that we have no control over. We put our hope in things and outcomes of what may or may not happen. We put our hopes in people who will disappoint us or who will let us down. We put our hope in the security of finances or a job or a home, all of which can be taken away. And once that person or that outcome or that circumstance we've placed our hope in fails, the results can be devastating. But the gospel gives us a person to put our hope in who never changes. Who is always true and who will never let you down. He is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he is the same forever. The gospel also gives us a future to put our hope in. One that promises an eternity with God where there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more death, no more suffering. The gospel gives us a new hope. The writer of Hebrew put, Hebrews puts it this way, and many of us wear shirts that have this on it. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. <clears throat> this hope means we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know who holds tomorrow. This hope means we don't have to fear because, because there is one who loves us deeply and perfect love dries out fear. The reason that perfect love dries out fear is because love and trust are inseparable. And where there is trust, we can trust him with everything that lies ahead, regardless of what may happen. We know that our ultimate, what our ultimate future is, and we know the one who is in control has that future secured for us. This hope is something that we can stand firm on, we can build our lives on, and we can face any uncertainty with. I'm excited for what God is going to do in us and through us in 2023 as we focus on this amazing and incredible message of the gospel and as we learn how the gospel really does both affect and effect every aspect of our lives. <clears throat> our goal this year as we gather each Sunday is for us to see how the gospel intersects with every part of our lives. The real, the practical, the just where it hits us every day. We're going to kick this year off with a series we're calling upside down, where we're, we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount, the message that Jesus, one of the longest recorded messages of Jesus, where basically he lays out what his kingdom is all about, what the message that he brings with this good news of the gospel, what this, what this means to us and how this intersects with our lives. And in other series this year, we're going to spend some time in the Old Testament looking at different characters in the Old Testament and how 
the message of the gospel is, is weaved into and through their lives as well. And we are going to go through three different letters that were written by three different authors to new churches as people were growing and learning what it meant to follow Jesus with their lives and how the gospel intersects with everything. I know God is going to teach us so much, and I look forward to learning and being transformed together. And here's what I want to encourage us to do this year. For those of you who are exploring faith in Jesus, keep exploring. Ask questions. Seek openly and honestly. Jesus actually encourages us in this sermon we're going to look at that he preaches in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He says this, he says, Ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's an invitation to continue to search, to continue to seek, to continue to ask. We would love to be the community that comes alongside you as you explore Jesus. Come to the dialogues that we're going to have, and I explained these a few weeks ago, but in fact, our first one is next Sunday. For a few select Sundays after each service, we're going to offer something called dialogue, where you can come and you can ask any questions that you have about what was shared that Sunday, and we want this to be a conversation rather than just a monologue that often Sundays... Uh, the Sundays end up being. I, I, I would just encourage you to get connected to the How to Read the Bible or the Rooted Group. You know, just, just continue to lean in and consider being a part of a small group. These are the places that you can learn and you can ask questions and you can explore your faith in Jesus. For those who are coming back to faith in Jesus, my challenge is this, learn to trust again. I know that some of you are coming from a place of hurt. Some of you have heard a false version of the message of the gospel. Or or maybe you just simply drifted away from faith. We we would love to be a community to come around you as you heal. We'd love to listen to you, encourage you, and as you rediscover the amazing things that Jesus has done for us and the amazing person that he is. And for those of you who have been following Jesus for a while, continue to learn, continue to love, and continue to grow. I don't think there's ever such a thing as arriving when it comes to your faith. There's always room to learn. There's always room to grow. Grow deeper by trusting God more and loving others better. Put your faith into practice. Live it out. Share it with others. Make your focus this year to disciple someone. Helping someone else either come to know Jesus or grow in their relationship with Jesus. Man, there's no better way to grow in your faith than to walk alongside somebody as they're growing in theirs. One of the things that we've done this year, just as a reminder for this entire gospel effect year, is that we have these bracelets that, that Dustin put together. And they've got the A and the E of effect on them. And, and I've been wearing this for several weeks now. And the way that I've been using this is 
This is a constant reminder to me of the fact that the message of the gospel does impact every part of my life. Whatever I'm going through, whatever's happening in the moment, I can look at this and I'm like, oh yeah, there's this thing called the gospel. I have a hope. I have a new identity. I have this new life. Like, this is what I need to be focused on. And so those will be available to anyone. We have both adult and kid sizes. I needed, like, the extra adult size. I'm sorry, you know, I constantly stretch this thing. These things drive me nuts, to be honest with you. But I finally got it loose enough that it kind of, like, hangs there. It doesn't, like, choke me. But we have both adult and kid sizes of these. So take them. Wear them. Use this as a reminder throughout this whole year, or, or longer if it lasts you that long. But we would love for, we'd love for you to take one of these and, and use this as a reminder of what Jesus has done. Man, I, I hope that we will continue to grow, that we will continue to be fascinated by Jesus, and that we will continue to be transformed by the message of the gospel. Let's pray. Father, you are so good, and we're so grateful for all that you have done for us in Jesus. And Father, I would just ask this morning that you would take each person that's listening, each person who's in this room, and each person who may hear this, God, and that that you would just continue to shape us and mold us to be more like Jesus. That we would be a community that really lives this stuff out. That you would continue to shape each of our lives through the transforming power of your Spirit in us. And God, that we would continue to be transformed to be more like Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.